Rich Eisen. Yeah, welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show, live on the Roku channel. We're live in Los Angeles, California, and it is all good in this. Ed. All three hours is going to be a lot of fun right here on this program as we're waiting for Odell Beckham to be introduced as the newest Baltimore Raven. That's happening later on today here on this busy Thursday. We've got ourselves two elimination games in the NBA playing tournament tonight. We got that going on. We got the NHL playoffs beginning. We've got Major League Baseball news going around the whole planet right now with Tampa Bay not losing a game to start the season and even 12 and 0 right now for them. NFL news a pop and so much happening here on this program. Dan Campbell, the Detroit Lions head coach is on this program. It's his birthday and that's the way you should spend your birthday hey. is by calling into the Rich Eisen show. Albert Breer, I don't <laughs> think it's his birthday, but he's calling in anyway. That's where we're rolling into this day on the Roku channel again, which is free. For you to go check out on all Roku devices, select Samsung Smart TVs. We're, we're free on Amazon Fire TV and the Roku app and the RokuChannel.com. We say hello to our terrestrial and satellite and streaming listening audiences on Sirius XM and Odyssey and the Cumulus Podcast Network. We say hello to those who are listening, whatever they darn well please that you're right. How are you over there, Christopher Brockman? Good to see you. Great. Can't beat the Rays, but it's D- fine. DJ Mikey D <laughs> is out. Jay Felly, good to hey, see you, what's sir. what's up? Congrats well, on the nominations. Thank you. Same to you. Um, you. Why are you wearing a Los Angeles Kings uh, ups- hat upside down? I don't understand uh, this. You know, it was a birthday gift from uh, my girlfriend, and I oh. was wondering the same thing, but I didn't want to... Just say thank you and move on, Yep, uh, which exactly. I will do as well. TJ Jefferson, the candles lit. Good to see you, sir. Good to be seen, Rich. How are you doing? I am doing very well. Um, you know what? Uh, uh, this this world we live in, this shit's in, kind of crazy. And uh, the sports world is even, even crazier um, because you never know when a story is going to pop up. You never know what narrative might actually be discussed. You never know. You have no earthly idea what may possibly come your way certainly when uh, on a show like this one what are we going to talk about today right sometimes know. we come in here we look at each other like what's to talk about mid-april and uh you never know let's just take for instance um the toronto raptors let's just take them as a for instance okay and uh let's just figure out what's up with them all season long and uh, what's up with them all season long is a 500 basketball team. And right around the trade deadline, you're wondering, what are they going to do? You heard Fred Van Vliet was on the block. He stayed. You heard they might break things up. And instead they add, they add Jakob Potl mm-hmm. to the mix of OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet and the young and talented Scotty Barnes. And yet they just... Stay around 500. Exactly. 41 and 41. What are they going to do? Are they going to pull the plug? Are they going to go for it? They're going to go for it. They're going to pull the plug. They, they, they go for it and they make the play-in tournament. And they make the play-in tournament. And they host a play-in tournament game. And the 9-10 and welcome to Chicago Bulls team that's, you know, been down all year. And you're wondering, what the hell is up? When they got Zach Levine and they got DeMar DeRozan and Billy Donovan's their guy and they got, you know, Vucevic. You got Vucevic? Is that what we got right over there? What do we got? Vucevic. Vucevic. Levine, Levine. Also Zach Levine. You know, Vucevic, Vucevic. It's all the same. We know who you're talking about. (laughs) So this team is out there against the Raptors, right? 
Never know what's going to happen in this world. A Raptors team is up and down, and they stay at 500, right? A Bulls team that you think can do very well, and they don't. And they're now playing for the right to continue on in a road game in Miami to make the playoffs. After all season long, you're wondering what's going on between these two teams, and they finally show up. And a Raptors team that might trade away Fred Van Vliet and a Raptors team that might add a, or subtract, and they do add Jakob Polo. Jakob Polo comes, and they are only 500. But it comes time to now to play a playoff game. And who knew with all the moves that the Raptors were going to make and didn't, and the move that they did make and still wound up 500. And a Bulls team that did have two incredibly talented players or three or four and could only be the 10th seed. Who knew it would eventually come down to the shrieks of a nine-year-old? <laughs> Who knew? I knew you were going there. The entire season would boil down to a shrieking nine-year-old girl. <laughs> nine-year-old. Nine-year-old shrieking. If her only her name was Emmanuel. Emmanuel Shrieky showed up. Nope. DR DeRozan. Now, it's kind of crazy as you're watching this game and the Raptors are up by, wait for it, 19 points. They're up 19. And the Raptors are going to the free throw line again and again and again. 36 trips to the free throw line. And every single time they let loose on a free throw, and it's all quiet every time a nine-year-old girl beneath the basket shrieks at the top of her lungs and every time the raptors take a free throw they hear this that is actually the scream we were able to take it off of the game tape wow that was recorded outside the arena, by the no, way. No, this is her. <laughs> That's not loud. DeMar DeRozan's daughter, after, you know, a few times, ESPN actually started to find the source. You heard at one point Mark Jones and, you know, say, where, where, where is this coming from? <laughs> and they zero in on her. And now... The Raptors missed free throws. They took six, 36 shots from the free throw line and made only 18. And the 19-point lead ev- uh, evaporates and the Bulls win. And all we're talking about today isn't DeMar DeRozan or Zach Levine. We're not talking about the Bulls coming back and now going down to Miami. Miami versus the Bulls. A lot of star players on that court. It's going to be fun tonight for the right to go face the Milwaukee Bucks in the first round on Friday. Pardon me. Here we go. So, why are we talking about a nine-year-old girl shrieking? <laughs> because the Raptors missed half of their free throws. Last night. 18 of 36. And I cannot believe we're coming in here today and the national conversation is, was this young girl right to do it or not? Let me just settle this. (laughs) 
Let me settle this. These are professional basketball players. After the first few shrieks, you know it's coming. Make your free throws. I cannot believe that Fred Van Vliet would be looking in the mirror today. And Nick Nurse, who, by the way, might have coached his last game with the Toronto Raptors. Seems likely. That they're looking in the mirror today and wondering if their season went down the tubes because of this. (laughs) Are they really doing that today? The sound in the mirror. (laughs) If you want to stop the shrieking, make your free throws. The number of times as a parent that a child does something completely annoying. The way to make it stop is to ignore it. (laughs) If you pay attention to it, they're only going to do it louder and more often. Now, I understand you could sit there and, and say, well, DeMar should have just told his daughter. You know, like, it's bad sportsmanship. And I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. If my kid was doing that, I would tell him to stop doing it. Not because of the affecting of the competition. I, I, I mean, could you imagine you're sitting next to that at a game? You're paying thousands of dollars and you're hearing somebody shrieking at the top of their lungs every single time. I would have done that, but that be that as it may. If anybody's out there today saying that the Toronto Raptors lost because she's shrieking, don't blow a 19-point lead at home. There's that. Score more two- and three-point baskets when the crowd is screaming and drowning out the shrieks of a nine-year-old girl. How about that? I agree with you. Am I wrong? <laughs> Am I wrong? Make more twos and more threes. Or just make five. They lost by four. Make five more free throws. Shoot 64% instead of 50%. Wow. I cannot believe that's the national conversation. <laughs> and I kind of feel like there's, there's a nine-year-old girl who's walking around right now and... Um, She's kind of famous. You want a playoff game? (laughs) Yeah, look at that. (laughs) I mean, come on. (laughs) Did she really win a playoff game? Yes. (laughs) Come on. Come on, man. How did she not? Come on. These guys were freaked out to shoot free throws. Come on. Well, the first few times, (laughs) the first few times I would be freaked out thinking, has a young child lost their limb? (laughs) Then the next two times, I'd be like, who is this person? And take a look and go, oh, it's DeMar's daughter. They all know that's DeMar's daughter. They all know that. After a while, they're probably asking on the bench, who is the girl who's shrieking? And they're probably like, that's DeMar's daughter. So you know DeMar's daughter is shrieking when you're taking a free throw. So make your free throw shot. Because guess what will happen? She'll shut up. The minute she feels that she's being effective is the minute she's going to shriek louder. Most of these guys are probably parents anyway. They know that. Number of times that my kids say this person's kids annoy me. Ignore them. And if you don't want to see them celebrating in the end zone, don't let them score. It's that simple, isn't it? I can't believe we're having this national conversation today. Because it is being had. You told me that today. And everyone's talking about it. I go on Twitter and seeing what the conversation is. Twitter was crazy last night with this. ESPN Sports Center just had the young young lady on four different times. (laughs) 
The Raptors were 78.5% from the free throw line during the regular season. So and They, they shot 50% so last night. don't tell huh? me she wasn't a factor. Won the game. Locked down from the foul line. Dude, get out of here. <laughs> so ridiculous. She's not going to Miami, though, right? Is that what they said? Uh, DeMar DeRozan DeMar said, she's said not going to no. He said you can only miss one day of school to come to the game. All right. And so, yeah, he says that now. Then they're down 0 1. <laughs> that was the one. Now you got to repeat what you did. So, you know, the superstition kicks in. Dior's got, she's got to be I a cannot game. believe, again, that the if, if, if you believe that she did affect the play last night, and you do believe this is the reason why the Raptors blew a 19 point lead at home, and if you do believe that, I cannot believe that as the Raptors are going through their season with the hand wringing over their roster and their coach's future and everything like that that it really boiled down to a nine-year-old girl, girl shrieking during their 36 free throw attempts last night. And it threw them off their game so significantly, it cost them 18 points, five of which they could have used. That's nuts. And that's our sports world. I can't believe it. So here's what we're going to do later on. Top five sports things that deserve to be shrieked about. <laughs> okay, I'm in. I got that for you let's, later on. Let's do it. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial if you want to chime in. What do you think should be shrieked at? By the way, Zach scored 39 last night, too. Damn. I mean, so stop him. Balling. Stop him. And the Bulls were weirdly trying to tank this year, and now they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to win in Miami. You blew it! There you go. Dan Campbell's going to join us. They just traded Jeff Akuda away for a fifth-round draft choice and had Hendon Hooker in. Lots to talk about with the head coach of the Detroit Lions, who uh, I'm wondering if, if he's well aware that I, I, I hopped aboard the Honolulu Blue bandwagon and said the Lions are going to win the division. Well, they That's, are because they sent you some swag. They did. They? They're, they're, yeah. they're, uh, they're my March prediction of the year. Every year I'm going to make one prediction in March. You're Last gonna, year was such a... I was going to say, you're not going to remind him how the Raiders won. Well, I, maybe, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not going to remind him of any of this. Let's okay. see if he brings it up. Last time my son was at the Combine when he was in the NFL Network booth, and I told him, uh, hey, um, I love Aiden Hutchinson. He said he had a man crush on him when he drafted him. So when we come back, there is news on the Rodgers-Jets front and Packers front. We'll hit on that. Some Major League Baseball to keep an eye on. First pitch between the Red Sox and the Tampa Bay Rays less than an hour away. The Tampa Bay Rays going for a baker's dozen in a row to start the season. And you got to figure they're getting it because they're going against one of the worst teams in baseball. That is inaccurate. What? Wait a minute. I'm trying to see that. No. What's going on with you? What do you mean what's going on with me? We scored the third most runs in Major League Baseball. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. My bad. Uh, sorry. sorry. Just sad. looking at Just it. stats and facts. Just looking at it. No, no. Just looking at it. Okay. No. Yankees are a few games ahead um, in the standings. Your season's not over. Just Second, two weeks. We've in. actually scored more runs than the Yankees this year. Oh, okay, that sounds good. I'm just looking at the at the runs uh, and at the wins and the losses. I'm looking at that. Great, it's My April, bad. bro. You do this every year. What am I doing? Look at the standings in April, and you're like, oh, this is no, how it's season's going to play out. No, that's right. It's okay. Fucking playoffs or what? I'm sprinting every now and then, and while I'm marathoning, it's okay. <laughs> wow. But there is something that happened in baseball a couple nights ago uh, here in Southern California involving Otani. I want to hit up. That's later on in this first hour. When we come back, the Jets, Packers, Rogers news, and my opinion on uh, on what's now placed out there for all of us to chew on. Albert Breer will help us 
consume all that in hour number two. 844-204-RICH, number to dial right here on The Rich Eisen Show. Don't go anywhere. Back with more in a moment. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Charles Robinson of Yahoo. Yahoo. He uh, he went on a uh, local radio show, I believe, in Wisconsin yesterday and, and said the latest snag. It actually put a, f- a fine point on the latest, would you call it a snag, or the reason why the Jets and the Packers have gone to their separate corners for, for the moment is that the compensation – that was on the table for Rodgers. That the Packers were willing to accept. And apparently the Jets, one would assume, uh, talent evaluation team and general manager potentially, one would think, was willing to accept, brought to Woody Johnson, the owner of the Jets, saying this is the latest and Woody was the one who said no. And according to Charles, I, I thought it was a second-round pick, one of the two mm-hmm. from Cle- the, the, that the Jets have. The Jets have their own 43rd overall, and then one from Cleveland 42nd overall that they just acquired in a trade that involved Elijah Moore, the second-round choice from just a couple years ago that didn't pan out in New York for various reasons. And um, at any rate, I thought it would be one of those two that the Packers would have, and then a sliding scale of a of a choice in 2024 that could reach as high as a one if the Jets reach a certain level in the playoffs, and if Rodgers is playing for. Him. 
But what came back, according to Charles Robinson, a third round selection in this year's draft, and then a flat out one in 2024. Whichever doesn't matter where it is for the Jets, it's it belongs to Green Bay. First round choice next year. And Woody Johnson said no. And according to Charles Robinson, the reason why Woody said no is he heard Rogers on McAfee's show talking about how prior to going into his darkness retreat, said he was, in his mind, 90% retired. And that caused Woody to reject a first-round selection in this trade in 2024. Because what if Rodgers plays one year and then all of a sudden has that 90% feeling again? How can we guarantee that he's going to play in 2024 if he left 2022 going into 2023 thinking that's it? And then he needed to spend time with himself and his thoughts. And as Rogers said on, on Pat's show on that day, which is over a month ago, if I'm not mistaken, I think that date was March 13th, right around then, a month ago, where he said uh, he spent some time thinking about retiring and he spent an entire day thinking about playing and he came back out and he thought, I'm going to play, and then reached for his phone and checked back in with civilization only to see that the Packers were shopping him, which is a notion that Brian Gutekunst pushed back on at the owners' meeting. And if all of this is in fact the case, and I, whenever I say that, it does sound like I'm questioning the reporting and Charles is a terrific reporter. So I'm not questioning it. I do have to just basically come out and say, since Rogers says most of everything that's been reported about him is nonsense to the point where there's now a new T-shirt that Schefter is, I guess, uh, wearing around town saying, lose my number. <laughs> and um, so if this is in fact the case, I say, way to go, Woody. Stand firm. Hold, as I said Hold. from Braveheart. <laughs> <laughs> yes sir hold because he's not wrong and part of his concern isn't just Rogers saying 90% retired his concern is look at the Denver Broncos and they traded all those picks for a quarterback that had such a disastrous first year with them the team that traded him away is choosing fifth overall in this draft. That's how bad a season Russ had. And they had to bounce their coach. And to remind him of that situation, all he's got to do is look within the room at one of the guys telling him, let's bring in Rodgers. The offensive coordinator was the coach. <laughs> yeah. so there's an actual personal physical human embodiment of how poorly the last huge ass trade involving the most recent one involving a quarterback that's on the hook for 
tens of millions of dollars, hundreds potentially. Now, Sean Payton has been brought in and one hopes for Denver's sake and for Russ's sake that it was just a bad brew and mix roster, new coach, quarterback and new place. It was such a bad brew that it can be fixed and it will be worth the squeeze for the Broncos orange to have made that trade. But if you're Woody Johnson, you're like, okay, so let me get this right. We're going to trade draft capital this year. Third, second, what have you. Okay, cool with that. But the next year is definitely a one. No matter what Rodgers does this year, no matter if Rodgers plays next year, it's a one no matter what. Hell yeah, I would say to my general manager and everyone else, there's the drawing board. Go back to it. Go back to it. Because I, 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 I know what he wants to make a splash. He has said it. And I know what he wants Aaron Rodgers. For sure. I'm sure he's been thinking about it since the Super Bowl, since right around then, since the season ended. Is it possible to get Rodgers? Can we make a splash? They didn't even, I mean, they, they kicked the tires on Derek Carr and told him he could be a Hall of Famer coming here, but I think Carr and everyone else will tell you they were, they were targeting Aaron Rodgers from jump. Uh, but I, I I totally understand the Jets not doing that. And, and I'm not sitting here as a fan saying, just do it, Woody. We're so desperate. It's been so terrible for 50 years. By the way, I, I think I just imitated myself with that yeah, doofus yeah, voice. Yeah, yeah, man. That's what you've been saying. I might have just done that to myself. I might have doofus to myself. Well, I'm not sitting here saying that. Would you give up a one no matter what with Rodgers? Of course not. But for next year, for next year, I wouldn't give up a one for him this year. And I wouldn't give up a one no, for him no, next no. year. I would give up a one for him next year if he plays and they reach the divisional round. Right. Because at least, you know, if he reaches the divisional round, that means that they're the one seed right off the bat. Probably not the case. Or they've made the playoffs and they won a game. Which I would think would lead Rodgers with such a positive vibe that he would, if he emerges from the season successfully, professionally and personally, the experience in New York City was so successful to that tune, he would come back if his body feels that way. But he said himself he had to go through a workout of a week's worth of workouts to see how he feels. Yeah. You'd want the guarantee that he's going to play the two years. I mean, that would be worth a first round. But how can he guarantee? How can he guarantee you that he cannot guarantee you that? Right. How does he feel physically, mentally? I mean, this is a frigging grind that he's gone through. Next, it's twenty years. Oh, mentally, he said that he was ninety percent retired. Right. He he admitted that that he needed to go through a process. He needed yeah. to work out. Who knew that the. You know, when he went on McAfee's show, the first blush reaction to so many in this industry was, well, he just blew it for the Jets because he just gave all the leverage to the Packers. And who knew that his comments on McAfee's show roosted in New York in this manner? That's what's holding it up right now. 
And and um, I don't blame Woody Johnson for thinking that. doesn't matter what he might have told you over dinner in Malibu, and it doesn't matter what the coaching staff is telling you right now about let's win right now or the general managers win right now because Woody feels the same damn way. But Favre once told him I wanted to come, and he used it sort of as a path pass through to go to Minnesota and Mark Murphy had the same thing happen to him oh yeah we'll send him the Jets because we don't want him winding up in Minnesota he did anyway and both of those guys no doubt still feel the burn from that even though you know Rodgers won the Super Bowl a couple years later and the Jets made the next two championship games after Favre left but be that as it may you know Will Zach Wilson turn into the next Mark Sanchez where he, and the team is built well enough that all he's got to do is game manage them to the AFC Championship game only to get their asses beat by this year's this millennium's version of Peyton Manning and Ben Roethlisberger? Is that enough to give up a first round pick for a guy that might not be there after a year? That's what happened with Favre. I, I I don't blame Woody Johnson for feeling this way. And I would say, come on, how come they not figure this whole thing out? You get to a championship game, it's a one. You get to the playoffs at all, it's a one. You get to the divisional round, it's a one. If it's a Super Bowl appearance, well then, you know, let the good times roll. But sliding scale it, man, and then figure out what 2024 looks like based on 2023. And and set some sort of a of a construct if you can with 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 Rogers that he's got to let you know by um, by the new league year if he's coming back. And Rogers will let you know by 2024's new league year if he's coming back. If he's not, that that's another way if he wants to stick it to the Packers. And I'm sure the Packers are like, well, you know, he could stick it to us and say he's not playing and then what happens if he says he's not playing and then our draft choice is less than and he comes back after the draft and says I want to play let's figure it out you know let's figure it out get in a room and figure the whole damn thing out if this is exactly what it is but I wouldn't just say it's lock it in first round pick in 2024 no way no way know how you don't know if what if Rodgers gets hurt what if what if the year is successful but he just says you know what I just I just don't want to do it anymore which is his right and totally possible 20 years in the league is a long ass time so way to go Woody stand firm I wonder how many Jet fans feel that way. I was going to say, you never thought you'd be praising Woody for a Dude, competent move. Uh, like I, uh-huh. <laughs> it's been a long, it's been a long 12 years. I mean, the, the, uh, the Buffalo Sabres last night got eliminated from playoff contention. Yeah. The reason why I bring that up now is they have now matched the Jets for the longest playoff drought in North American sports. That's uh, the current longest playoff drought streak in North American sports now that the Sacramento Kings are getting set to play their first playoff game after a 12-year drought coming up this weekend against the defending NBA champs in Golden State. So it's been a long time, and I understand that this isn't happening fast enough for a lot of people, but there are inflection points. There is the draft this year. 
There is the training camp season. There is the absolute drop-dead date of September 1 by which the Packers will have to pay Aaron Rodgers. There is the off-season workout program, which, by the way, Rodgers is supposed to be at next week. Does he show? Oh, my God, does he show? No. Okay. Does he show <laughs> Does he show for the first mini camp in May? If he's still on the Packers? Yeah. No. Does he show at the mandatory mini camp in June? Uh-huh. Hey, the deal's not done then. No, no, of course not. Why not? We already said he's not going to play for them anymore. But it's just, it's, what if he's just like, you know what I feel like doing? I feel like showing up to the off-season workout program. So he doesn't get fined? No. I feel like showing up to the off-season. What if he decides this? I feel like showing up to the Green Bay off-season workout program. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to work out. I'm going to work out. I'm going to go into the the workout area and workout room, the gymnasium. He's going to go there. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to try and put up a few reps of uh, 225 and put that pec muscle in jeopardy, that bicep muscle in jeopardy. Oh, ooh, my arm. My arm. Ooh. Pull a whole uh, caddyshack. Like oh, my, my feels arm. Like it could be broken. Oh, suddenly that $60 million is now guaranteed, is it not? I'm a walking, I'm a walking injury settlement. Does he show up like Ben Roethlisberger, like a boot? I don't know. He shows up healthy. And then like, and- oh, I, I need a boot. <laughs> and then the shoulders wrapped. Come on. Man, that was cold-blooded. This is it. Oh, man. It's on the line, pal. It's time for gamesmanship, clearly. And it is time to cut nuts. It's time. Because he's going to want what he wants. And the Packers and the Jets can't come to terms just yet. And I believe midnight is... The third round of the NFL draft. If the third round choices is on the table and the Packers are willing to accept it, I think they probably would are willing to accept a third round pick this year because the one's guaranteed for the next. If it's a sliding scale of a first round selection or second or third round selection in 2024 based on performance, based on him playing or not, then I think it's a two this year. That said, Friday night of the draft, when I'm sitting there on NFL Network with Joel Klatt Charles Davis, Daniel Jeremiah, and the rest of the NFL Network crew is at every single facility, and we are rolling, and you are hopefully watching. I will be keeping an eye on that transaction wire because if Aaron Rodgers is still a Packer by the end of Friday night of the draft, well, then it's definitely time to cut nuts. And and Rodgers can walk in and just say, oh, do you really want me working out with you and being on your cap no matter what? Is that what you want me to do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You want me to show up in May? You want me to show up in June? <laughs> oh, okay. You want me to see, you, you still value me as a member of the Green Bay Packers after I've announced my intentions? Got it. That said, uh, I, I do believe this is like the, there's going to be a lot of games of chicken this week, next week. Albert Breer is going to join us top of hour number two, 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Something involved Otani this week that just uh, jumped out at me. Jumped out at me, and I want to hit that too because that's the story of the summer.
if Otani doesn't sign a long-term deal between now and then. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the -the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Albert Breer is going to be joining us shortly with all the latest. He's He had some interesting reporting on Bill O'Brien's challenge going to New England now. And uh, Mac Jones. And I'm wondering if uh, the Texans really would consider not taking a quarterback at two. And if that happens, I wouldn't be surprised if Mac Jones would be a target for them by the end of that draft if the Patriots are ready to just pitch it and be done with him. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised about that. I mean, there's so many moving parts and so many possibles. Albert Breer is going to join us in a moment. 844-204-RICH being the number to dial. What I'm about to say might be unfair. I will say that. Um, and when I tweeted it out, I, um, I, uh, I, I got some pushback from some folks here in Southern California. Molly Knight um, has been on this show, and she's terrific talking baseball and covering baseball. She's got a great sub stack. She was in... Um, Angel Stadium, she was in Orange County for Otani's first start at home for the Angels. Now, Otani, this just in, in case you need an update, is incredible. He is, uh, you know, and that might actually be uh, um, downgrading how great he is. Yeah. Okay. He's once in a lifetime. He is once in a lifetime. He is a unicorn. He is. And you could say, well, Rich, we've seen Babe Ruth before. Well, I don't think Babe um, was a pitcher slash hitter for as long as Otani has been doing it so far. And there's that many people around that saw Babe Ruth. I understand that. (laughs) Yep. And. Otani did what he did in the World Baseball Classic, and everybody certainly in Southern California saw that because (laughs) he did it against their best hitter and maybe one of the best all-around players prior to Otani's arrival in Southern California in baseball and Mike Trout. And Shohei Otani had two terrific starts on the mound this year on the road. This was his first start Southern California. And Molly put this photograph up on her Twitter feed. And you look at the stadium, and to call it half full, half full is very optimistic. Now, this was, um, let's, let's put it all out there. This was during warm-ups. Keep it up there if you don't mind, Mike. It's during warm-ups, and it's at 6.30 at night. 
So good luck. You probably, if you came from the city of Los Angeles, because again, these are the Los Angeles Angels, don't forget. <laughs> if you came from the actual city of Los Angeles for everybody who lives around the country, and, and this is a national story, what I'm about to say here, okay? I'm going to tie it all together. Coming from the city of Los Angeles to make a 6.30 start, you would probably have to leave your house around 4 o'clock to make it. Okay, to like park, ass in seat, get everything done that you need to get done so you're there for first pitch. And, let's be fair too, the Lakers were playing their play-in game against the Timberwolves. And again, these are the Los Angeles Angels. Of Anaheim. No, they're just the Los Angeles Angels. They used to be L.A.A. of A.A. or oh, whatever. Oh, of Anaheim. The Los Angeles <laughs> Angels. Okay. This is, a, this is a Laker town or a Laker area, if you want to include Orange County. All right. Stretches. So now, and just for, let's just, for people who might travel around the country, let's, 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 uh, that would be, you know, uh, including, would it, would it be, saying you're including Fort Lauderdale as the city of Miami, sure. right? Would you say you're including Arlington as the city of Dallas? Would you say, I, I don't know, um, what would you say for Chicago? Choose, choose something that would take you two hours to go to, even though the crow flies a little shorter. I mean, that's like living in Maine and going to Boston. Is it that far? It's no. A, it was an hour and 45-minute drive to Boston from my mom's house. Well, that's that's as the not as the crow flies. That's that's even without traffic, like lead foot. I mean, this is this is about forty-five miles. At any rate, I'm just trying to be as generous as I possibly can before I I say, "Come on." This crowd, again, it got more filled. I think the official attendance was twenty-seven thousand and change. Right. For Otani's first start. This guy is the unicorn of Major League Baseball. And this is important. It really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Unless it matters to Otani. Does it matter to Otani? Because I will tell you this. I was in New York City when Dwight Gooden was doing what he was doing. And I wasn't even a Met fan. And I went to those games. It was a circus when he pitched. When it was a good game, it was time to go to Shea Stadium. I just use that as an example because Dwight Gooden was so generationally brilliant and different when he was doing his stuff. And he wasn't even hitting, okay? So I guarantee you that doesn't happen in New York. It wouldn't happen. It wouldn't even happen at Dodger Stadium just up the road. It wouldn't happen in San Diego, Slam Diego, where they sold out their first four games against the Colorado Rockies, because, again, this is the Washington Nationals. It's not like they do have a draw. This is a, a terrible road draw on top of just trying to be beneficial to the doubt. But if it matters to Otani, because he's going to go around the country and people are going to show up when he shows up on the mound in a place like, say, Boston, where, by the way, his next start is is the Monday morning of Marathon Day. Hey. And Fenway Pack is going to be packed. Correct. And if he, when, he, when he pitches in Yankee Stadium, I don't know if the Angels visit the Mets this year. He goes to Shea, Wrigley. He goes around the country. Atlanta. 
even Atlanta, which, as you know, is occasionally fan-challenged or has, has that reputation. Does it matter? Does he want to pitch in front of big crowds? Does it matter to him? If it doesn't, he'll resign with the Angels. Doesn't matter. Or, or this is what he wants. Does he want to have less pressure? He just wants to play ball. That's all. Doesn't need 47,000 there, people going crazy and showing up because he's so special. That's the key for me about Otani. Does this matter to him? Because it was a terrible draw. Again, first pitch, 630. It is a real dreadful, trust me, experience trying to get to those games at 630 at night. And and it was a Laker night, and it's the Washington Nationals, and it's early in the season. I totally get it. But to me, and again, this may be a total bias where I'm from, that wouldn't matter in New York City at all. I wonder what the crowd looked like at, say, like 7.15. 27,000 max, 40-something thousand people are at the the game. There wouldn't be 27,000 in Fenway Park, in Citi Field, in Yankee Stadium, in San Francisco. Come on. Really? Seattle. Easier to get to. I get it. Yeah, I mean. I get it. I'm just pointing it all out. Because when push comes to shove, Otani's on the mound, and there's a ton of empty seats he's looking at. And when he's gone on the mound on Monday, what a circus atmosphere that will be in Boston. Does he want it? Does he like it? Does he revel in it? Does he, does he, will he sat, sit there and go, huh, this is a bit different vibe than my last start? Kind of want to pitch here more often. Will that happen? May not matter. But to me, that's the key. And will the Angels fans show up? Because to me, I'm a diehard fan and he's pitching. I'm a casual fan. He's pitching. I don't know. Might be making more out of it than, than needs to be made. 